Hello to all of you. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, and welcome to our podcast that we're calling TMI, The Motivation Inside. I hope you've been enjoying these weekly podcasts. Uh, Our goal in doing these podcasts is to give you a glimpse inside how things really work professionally and also personally. This way, you'll really get to see who the people are that are my guests, who they really are, but also who I am. Uh, I think it's super important to bring down the shroud in things as opposed to all that sanitized glamour and uh, we're we're stripping people of their publicists and all that sort of nonsense. So you can really see the true person, the real reflection of who they are. I will share with you the many faces of success and wealth and let you in on how not only how I got there, but also how my friends have gotten to where they are in life, their ups and downs, the the realness of the people. Uh, It's important that we all know and understand that we have greatness inside. It takes a lot of hard work and intense focus to achieve success, and the road is winding, and boy, are there potholes on that road. However, the possibilities are there if you're disciplined and you're willing to work hard uh, and you're willing to be nice to people. It's up to you to find what motivates you to get you on that path to success. TMI is the place to ask us anything and to share with me any of your wild and crazy stories or your weaknesses. We've gotten some great audience participation uh, through our email account. Uh, You can email us at podcast at skybridgeinsights.com. We are reading out those emails. We're answering your questions, and we're also taking your advice on content. Uh, Again, for those of you who don't know me, I am the founder of Skybridge Capital, a global investment firm with just about $13 billion under management. I'm also a Fox News and Fox Business contributor, and I'm the co-host of the iconic TV program Wall Street Week, which we brought back to Fox uh, this past April. Uh, It's on Friday nights at 8 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. It's replayed on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. and then Sunday again at 9 a.m. I've also authored two books, uh, The Little Book of Hedge Funds and Goodbye Gordon Gecko. and I have a third book coming out sometime in October about entrepreneurship. For first-time listeners, just a reminder, uh, you're not going to get the typical Wall Street fancy pants sort of things coming out of this podcast. You see, we're not really all that fancy. I live about two miles from my mom and dad on purpose. For me, it serves as a big grounding wire to my life. Uh, to stay committed to my family, feel close and connected to them. Um, Perhaps some of you as listeners out there can relate to that. You'll often see me in my office in cargo shorts and a Wall Street Week t-shirt, although uh, my producer, Susan Krakauer, hates that. And so I'm sitting here right now in a ridiculously expensive suit, which I couldn't have afforded (laughs) 25 short years ago. Uh, I also pride myself on being a risk taker. Uh, not only on ideas and business ventures, but on people. And that's something we will also talk about often here on TMI. But today, I really want to talk about friendship. I want to talk about loyalty. I want to talk about discipline. And I also want to talk about beauty. My next guest evokes all of those things and more. She's an author, best-selling author. She's a Fox News contributor. She's an executive. She frankly, was a, a CEO of a couple major companies. Uh, she's a philanthropist, a fundraiser, uh, not only for charities, but also in the field of politics, probably one of the best that there ever was. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Georgette Mossbacker's resume reads like a who's who of everything. But 
beyond all that, uh, what I'm super, super proud to call Georgette Mosbacher is my dear friend. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome uh, the, the, the CEO, Georgette Mosbacher of Georgette Mosbacher Enterprises, which you were also the former CEO of Borghese, a very famous uh, cosmetics company. Uh, Georgette, you're from a small town in Indiana, and that you live in one of the most beautiful apartments on F Fifth Avenue. So tell us how you went from a small town in Indiana to overlooking the Metropolitan <laughs> Art Museum. Well, first of all, let me thank you, Anthony, for inviting me and uh, uh, friendship. Um, it is about friendship. Maybe we should talk about a little bit how we met. I think that's a fun story. Oh, so, my, so only you can tell that story, uh, Anthony. I don't know anyone else can tell it because uh, I'm not sure anyone would believe it. All right, so I'll tell the story, tell and then I want to go to <laughs> I want to go from Indiana to Fifth okay, Avenue. Okay, you so got it. I I was standing behind Georgette on an Etihad Airlines uh, uh, flight. We were, we were booking tickets. I think we were in... Uh, it was Abu Dhabi. And so there I was uh, uh, waiting online. You were ahead of me, and uh, we were heading for Baghdad. And so it was a commercial airline flight uh, from Abu Dhabi to Baghdad, January of 2011, just before your birthday. And we didn't know each other, and I saw you putting your, your, your bags on. I reached over to introduce myself. Uh, and then it turned out that you and I were sitting next to each other on that flight. Do you remember that? I, I sat do. right next to I you. I do. And then it turned out, and this is uh, one of the things about life and the series of coincidences and luck, that you and I were in the same Army transport leaving Baghdad International Airport. That's right. We were tra paired. Traveling yeah. from the red zone to the green zone. Now, why were we there? We were on a troop support mission and an uh, information gathering mission for the business executives for national security. Right. Uh, and so they put us in uh, the Pentagon, called them villas, but they were really, <laughs> they were really like c cinder block Quonset huts uh, in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I can remember getting into the Army transport. I was scared. SH, you know what? You look very calm, which I was very <laughs> amused by. I was like, how is this woman so calm? And the makeup and the hair looked fantastic. There I was, white as a ghost. Uh, you can see, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not Brian Williams, I'll tell you the <laughs> truth. And so now I'm in the Army transport. The guy says to me, put on the flak jacket, put the helmet on. I'm like, yes, sir. Georgette looks over and says, I'm not putting that on. I'm not ruining the hair and makeup. No, <laughs> no chance that's going on. And so I'm like, all right, now we're driving around in the red zone. Uh, by the end of the trip, I, I turned to the two guards. I said, hey, let her drive the car. She can shoot the gun. You guys sit in the back with me. All right, so I'm sorry, long-winded story, but no, I want to go. But it is, it's a, it's a true story, except you left out the part that when we heard uh, uh, some, uh, I guess I assume it was gunfire, uh, I, <laughs> I heard you run down the stairs from the Quonset hut and say, screaming, is everybody all right? Is everybody all right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they had, somebody had won a soccer game. Yeah, exactly, yeah, so the, and they were shooting so the in the Iraqis air. the Iraqis were shooting guns in the air. Exactly. I'm like, all right, this is it, man. Um, yes, exactly. I, 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 all right, so yeah, I thank you. I, it didn't even wake You're me up. You're almost as bad as my mom telling everybody I took the bottle until I was four true and a half story, years old. Thanks story. for reminding me of my cowardice as I was running down the, the steps saying, oh, my God, where are we going here? Oh. Meantime, it was the, the Iraqis were celebrating the win of a soccer game. But let's go back, okay? okay? Let's go back. It was certainly a big day meeting you. You've been an unbelievable friend. Uh, you've been a great business advisor to SkyBridge. You're on our, you're on our advisory board here, which we're very grateful for. Well, you've given me tremendous advice. 
but I want you to tell a story for our listeners. I want to go back to Indiana and thread your way up to the Fifth oh, Avenue apartment well, that you live in now. Well, let me let me let me try. It's um, sometimes I can't believe that I'm living the dream, and uh, sometimes I just I stand and say, "How did I get here?" Um, because certainly where I started out, there's one would say it would be a tough route, but that's what's great about America. I grew up in a steel town in Indiana. My mother was widowed at 27 years old. What was old. the name of the town? Trish? It was Hammond, Indiana, Hammond, near Gary, Indiana. just 20 miles south of Chicago, right up there where Inland Steel was. And um, so my mom uh, was widowed. at. Tw- Our father d- was killed in an automobile accident. Uh, when my mother was 27 years old, I was seven, and I was the oldest of four. So um, here my mom is, 27 years old, four kids, and um, that, um, you know, there wasn't, uh, my, my, my father was a blue-collar worker. There wasn't really insurance and those kind of things. So um, my mom, we moved in with my maternal grandmother, who also lost her husband, and my great-grandmother, who had lost her husband, and were raising, had raised their families on their own. And here, my mother was raising her family on her own. Um, I was lucky, though, in a way. I was lucky because I was raised by three women who never told me that I couldn't do something. These were three women, by example, never complained, never said life was unfair to them, never said they were unlucky, never said you know, that, um, how tough it was. No, there was dignity in any work. That's what I was taught. It didn't matter whether you're scrubbing a floor. There was dignity in work. And that if you worked really hard, you could provide yourself a good life. Um, and so I didn't know. I mean, I knew that we, we were probably what we want to, today would call middle, lower class, whatever, edge of poverty. But we never went without food. But I never felt my... The women, the women that raised us, my mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother, never made me feel like somehow I was underprivileged. It was, okay, here's where you are, and you're going to work hard. And they encouraged my dreams. The one thing they did say to me, and they said it over and over and over, and that was, get an education. Georgette, and I'll never forget my mother. I'll never forget my mother saying this. I didn't understand what this was until I was an adult. She, she wasn't a college graduate herself, nope. was she? I was the f- no, I was the first in my family to graduate college. So where'd you go to college? I went to Indiana University. And um, uh, my mom said to me, look, you know what you're going to find in life? You can't get by on your beauty. There'll be lots of beautiful girls when you walk in the room. The only thing that's going to distinguish you is what you have in your head and you have to get an education. And she never told me how I was supposed to do that. But she just said I had to go to college. Well, I uh, worked three jobs and worked my way through college. I didn't know that that was a hardship because there weren't any other options. I didn't have any other options. There was nowhere else. There was nobody to give me any money. So what did you study in college? I st- uh, just liberal arts. Liberal arts. Primarily liberal arts. So were you an English major? Did you pick a major? Or no, I didn't pick a major. Um, it, you didn't have to pick a major. 
so, but I would say that uh, communications, uh, marketing, were where my interests uh, lied. Um, and I, I worked the three jobs. I graduated college, and um, I decided that um, uh, I was going to pursue uh, a career that, where I could follow my dreams. And I started out, like anyone, with the usual uh, sending my resume out everywhere and got the first job. And um, that, which was with an ad agency, and that led me to starting um, my own little business of doing ads for local, for local uh, businesses, where I do a, a radio ad for a, a store that was a local store, uh, and um, I, I never, I never thought about what I couldn't do only what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to be able to be successful and give my mother all the things that she had given yeah. up. So it was, a, it was a real need for you to return, reciprocate, not only the love, but the generosity Absolutely. that your mother I had I wanted for, to take care of my mother. Guys. But there were some core key values that you learned from your upbringing that you keep with you every day. Oh, yes. And I've heard you talk about them. So, so share them with our listeners. What well, are some of the core key values? First is, is like I said, there's dignity in any work. Uh, I would say the other is... No self-pity. That's no, one of the big no things. No self-pity. No, no victimization. No, no. Feeling no, sorry for yourself. Correct. Never. Uh, look, there, feeling sorry for myself, maybe there were moments when I fell into one of those potholes that you talked about, and sure. I've fallen in a lot of them, Anthony, sure. and crawled out of them. Uh, but I never gave up. Tenacity was another one. Uh, loyalty, and always taking the high road. So one thing my mother always told us, you know what, if you really try hard enough, you can always find something you can compliment a person on. Always look for the positive never for the negative. And uh, to this day, uh, I find gossip something that I, I, even if you're sitting there listening to it, you, you, you're, com you're complicit in it. Um, I try to keep only positive people around me, and I try to stay positive myself. Uh, that was probably one of the strongest um, attributes. So, so resiliency, resiliency of spirit, but but also recognizing fallibility in other people. So there's a graciousness about you and a and a spirit of forgiveness as well. That well, I, I, forgiveness I, I, is is absolutely uh, what I had to learn that later. Um, but forgiveness is something you cannot. I don't believe you can be happy in life unless you learn to forgive. Yes, it's almost like taking all those shackles and weights that you have on you from grudges or past grievances and just letting them go somewhere. Otherwise, they eat you from inside, yeah. and you must forgive. And I don't. It, it, it may be the most egregious behavior, but forgiveness is absolutely fundamental to happiness. I, I think it was the Buddha that said that the, the anger that we have for others is a poison that we drink and ingest in ourselves 
but we want the other person to get sick and die from it. That is absolutely. So, so the only thing we can do is not have it. It is but perfectly you, said. But you started a business very early in your life, and it went on to become an incredibly successful business. So talk a little bit about the impetus of that. What were you thinking about at the time? And, and well, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. And what did you? What business did you start? Well, the. I would say that the the business that really propelled me was when I went and um, uh, bought La Prairie when it was a company that uh, was no one had ever heard of and it, it was kind of stuck in a, a big multinational and um, I didn't know <laughs> what it was to go out and get investors and uh, I just saw a an opportunity and I decided to go for it and that and. And I mean blindly go for it, Anthony. Um, I just put one foot in front of the other in the dark. And um, I kept going until um, I succeeded. I refused to be um, to let any defeat. I didn't hear a no, Anthony. I think to this day the reason I'm a good fundraiser is I don't hear no. I will go work right through it. I'll, I don't take it personally. I don't feel that it's somehow when I'm turned down, it fails. Stay on that for a second, because I think that is a common thing that does happen to people where you ask somebody to do something for you or you ask them for money for a fundraiser or charity and they say no. And a lot of people do take that personally. And so your advice to them is what? You cannot take it personally. If you take it personally, you can't succeed in it. Then don't do it because If you take a no personally, you will already be defeated. You have to understand what you're you're trying to, to, to achieve and understand that none of this is personal. What you're trying to achieve, get this job done. It's okay. Someone says no to you, turns you down, doesn't see it the way you see it. That's all right. You have to say it's okay and move on. And keep going. You may hear 20 no's before you get that yes. And, yeah. and it, sometimes it gets hard. Anthony, I got to tell you, you know, I can make a lot of phone calls and get a lot of no's and, and I get discouraged. I mean, I, I'm a human. You get discouraged. The difference between, I think, where I'm successful in that is that I don't let the discouragement stop me. Right. All right. It, it, it may slow me down for a minute, but I'll pick up the phone and I'll make the call again. I'll just keep going. Well, I think it's also important, and I also tell the people that are here, the salespeople here, somebody says no to you, not only should you not take it personally, but work through it and coach yourself not to create a divide or some kind of ice in the relationship oh, you never take between it. you and the Correct. person that says no. You, you know, you, if, you're, if you're calling someone, you're in business, you're, whatever you're doing, uh, if you're calling upon someone else to uh, assist you, you have to respect that person. And that respect, even when that person uh, turns you down, even when the person disappoints you, you still, you still respect them. And you don't allow that to rupture mm-hmm. uh, into something that probably isn't there anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's well said. 
you're, you, 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 I heard you say once that you're, a, I'm a redneck who lives on Fifth Avenue. Have I you am. ever said that before? S- more times than we can <laughs> count, right? You know me okay. well. Okay. You so, know me well. But explain that. I'm a redneck that lives on Fifth Avenue. So what does that mean? Well, it means that simply I, I embrace my roots. I've never pretended to be anything other than what I am. I am a woman who came from a one-parent family. I, I did come up the hard way. Uh, uh, now I may run with a country club set, but that's not who. Uh, th- that's not my roots. Uh, I achieved. Yeah. I achieved I can, getting I can into a country to club. That, obviously, as you know, I think we have some of that in common. I gotta. I gotta ask you a little bit of an intellectual question mm-hmm. here because I, I want you to. Well, you help explain this to listeners. I I think that you are one of the most pro-women women that I know. Mm-hmm. I would describe you as a feminist, but I wouldn't say a Betty Friedan feminist, but you're very pro-woman. Yet you live in the Republican Party and you believe in a lot of the ethos and policies of the Republican Party. Very much so. Which I do think antagonizes some of the pro-feminist women on the left. And so how do you react to that and well, how do you reconcile that? You know, I, I there's some of that you can't reconcile because they are um, they're not even going to listen. Here's how I feel about it. I feel empowering women is not about changing rules to suit them. I feel empowering women is about going for what you want, achieving that by hard work, understanding that the playing field is not necessarily fair. But life isn't fair, Anthony. And these women who think they can make it fair by forcing um, laws and changing rules, that's just not, that's not real life. No, life isn't fair, but that's okay. It doesn't have to be fair for me to win. I'm, I'm good enough to win even when it isn't fair. And women believe in themselves and we don't need, I don't need that, that, uh, that someone to break that, that um, glass ceiling for me. I'll break it myself. I can do that. And believe me, I know a lot of women who can do it. But, you know, there's a, there's a thought in our society right now. There's a little bit of sanctimony laced in the thought that there's a, this is a grievance society now, that it's okay to have a grievance and it's okay to be angry towards a group or angry towards a situation that's going on in the world or raise a flag towards racism or a flag towards feminism or uh, you pick the grievance, I'm sure there's somebody that could uh, lodge a complaint. And what's your reaction to all that? You know, first of all, anger is a waste of my time. That's number one. I don't have the time to be angry. Uh, I'm only going to be on this earth for so many years, and I want life should be a three-letter word, F-U-N, fun. Uh, and you have to make that your, your happiness for yourself. So I don't have time for anger. In terms of grievances, okay, we all have differences of opinion. We all see things sometimes different ways. That's okay as long as you don't attack me for it. it I, we, can, we can agree to disagree. It's those who think that they have to be right. Well, I like being right. But I don't have to be right. Yeah, see, I, 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 I like leaving the ad hominem or the personal attacks for the politicians. My attitude is, is that I believe in a certain set of policies and a certain philosophy. You may disagree with me, but that doesn't mean I disrespect you as a person. We just have a difference in opinion or a difference in philosophy. It could be 
from our origin. It could be from our life experiences. It could be from a whole host of things. But what I do find frightening about the society now is that if I don't agree with somebody about something, mm-hmm. well, then all of a sudden... You're bad. I, yeah, it makes me a You're bad You're a bad person. person. Have you experienced that in your oh, life? Of course. I've, I, I experience it. Look, as a woman, as a woman I experience it on even uh, other levels that, um, that men don't. But let me just say this. You know, I don't even... I don't believe in attacking either. I believe that one has a core values. You... Are not going to take. You're not going to change my mind, Anthony, about my core values. I mean, that's just a given. Uh, so I have got to be. I'll be true to myself. I'll tell you I disagree, but I don't have to attack you to disagree with you. But I will not compromise my values. That I will not do. I've 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 read somewhere, or maybe it was in an interview uh, a few years ago, that you cannot help but tell the truth. Did you say that to somebody? So I did. Someone said to me, I'll never forget it. It was an epiphany for me. They said, you know, um, you, 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 your only fault is you can't help but t- tell the truth. And I, I had to think about that, and I thought, why is that a fault? And the person said to me, well, that's because you don't have to say, tell everything you know. All right. I got, I, it, was a, it was a good lesson. It's just that to me... Um, I, I have to live with myself first, and um, my self-esteem goes to those core values I was talking about, and one of those is you don't lie, and even little white lies. Uh, I was taught that even a little white lie is a lie, and um, you don't want to hurt someone else, someone, you can there's certainly ways that you can do and say things that aren't that you're not lying, but you're not going to hurt them either. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, you know, you don't have to criticize uh, and, 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 and because you're just telling the truth. Uh, it, it, it's, I believe that you, you always have to tell the truth, but you can do it in a way that's not offensive. So a little bit more delicacy is what you say. Yes. Be more delicate. Or diplomatic. Mm-hmm. You wrote a fabulous book. Uh, the, the title was "It Takes Money, Honey: uh, A Woman's A Woman's Get Smart Guide to Total Financial Freedom and Feminine Force." Uh, bestseller. Uh, and I know you worked painstakingly on that book, and I know you wrote it in your own voice because I read that book. Right. And it's totally you, Georgette. There was no <laughs> ghostwriter writing no, that book. Right. Uh, do you think women today understand that it takes economic freedom to achieve the things that they want and to change the world? I think we're, we're making progress. Uh, it's kind of stunning to me that we still, women still are not comfortable with uh, money. Uh, you, you know, it's what, when a man says... Uh, you know, I want to be rich or I want to be successful. I want to be big rich. Uh, you admire him for it. If a woman says it, she's considered, um, I won't use the B word, all right? But uh, so we still feel uncomfortable about talking about money. If we're uncomfortable about talking about it, then how are we going to figure out how to make it and how to... Um, how, how to, to, to best uh, run our lives. And 
we still have a long way to go with that. Women still are not comfortable. That's why in politics is dominated by men. I've always said it's simply because women don't write the checks. They don't understand that politics is about money. And as long as women aren't writing checks, they're not going to be part of the dialogue. We have to understand that um, first thing is survival. And survival is about a roof over your head and food in your stomach and clothes on your back. And if you depend on someone else to provide that for you, you are already standing on quicksand. So women have to take control of their financial well-being. They cannot abdicate that to anyone else. And until women understand that, that while we can have generous husbands and wonderful fathers and brothers, we still have to take control of our own finances. All right, well, it's well, well, well said. You, you, you're on a lot of boards. You're affiliated with many, many companies. You have several honorary degrees. You've also been appointed to a number of positions. Uh, you're, uh, you've received many awards. I mean, it could go on and on and on. Uh, but what, what should we tell the millennials listening to this? What is the real secret to achieving success at this magnitude? A couple of things. One, tenacity. Don't give up. Um, two is character counts. Be true to yourself. And remember that your reputation is all you have. And three is that service, service to your country, service to others, is noble. And that it does more for you almost than it does for them. And if you can live by those three principles, um, I think you can do anything you want. You can... And, but more importantly, not only do what you want, but feel good about yourself. It, but I would add something to that in a country like ours. Oh, uh, when I say God bless America, I realize that I was so fortunate that God blessed me to be born in this country. Because of the latitude of your uh, freedoms and the latitude of the expression of your work and, and the expression of your creativity, you were able to hit that arc. You know, in other, only, in in the, other, o- only, in, only in America. Well, could other someone, countries, you don't have that, that Could someone experience. like myself come from where I came from? And when I say I'm a redneck who lives on Fifth Avenue, I mean it. To come from where I came from, put myself through school the way I did, um, to be able to give back and to live my dreams, only in America. Well, I think, I think it's very well said, and I think it's worth worth repeating as many times as we can to so many people out I there agree. that sometimes don't appreciate all the things that we have in the country. You, you, uh, you have an interesting life, but I want to talk about a day in the life of Georgette Mossbacker. So, guys, take us through a day. Oh, boy. And I'm talking, okay. you, know, you, you, can, you can go quickly through the skin okay. treatments. Okay, well, what, a regular day? Uh, actually, I do all that myself. Right. Believe it or not, I color my own hair and do my own manicures. I'm... Uh, I'm one of these people who like uh, to feel, I, maybe it was my upbringing. You know, I can sew, I can iron, I can, I can do a little bit of, I probably could wire the chandelier. I know I can do the, the drywall. Um, so I, I do pride myself in the fact that I f- it gives me a freedom 
that I can do all these things. I can. I, I don't need to go to a hairdresser or a manicurist. I mean, I can do all of that. Um, I my day is. I'm a morning person. I love my mornings. So I'm what up time early. do you wake up? I like I wake up between six thirty and seven. Um, I have a philosophy that anything that happens after midnight is merely a repeat of what happened before, so I'm not missing anything. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm asleep by, by, by midnight, no matter what the event is that I may have been at. I'm, I'm probably the first to leave. I like my mornings. It's a time for me to uh, catch up on uh, my mail. Uh, and Coffee uh, or tea, George? Are you a coffee drinker? I, I, I'm neither. Uh, I'm a diet root beer. Diet root beer. Okay. All right, there you go. Something so, um, yeah, diet root beer person. And um, so I get up and have my diet root beer. And I will, I'm a list maker, Anthony. I, I'm one of these, you know, one, two, three, four. Here's what I have to do today. Um, I am a list maker. I take a look. Uh, it's my mornings. I put that list together. What is it I want to accomplish today? Uh, I have a phone list, uh, et cetera. And I am very organized, uh, maybe to a fault. Uh, but I uh, will follow that list and um, will try to accomplish everything that I have on that list that day. I do take time. I do believe in naps. And I will, I can, as long as I can put my head down, it could be on the floor, uh, I'll take a 15, 20-minute nap. I'm out cold, and I'm up again. But you're one of these people that can sleep anywhere. Though. Anywhere. Doesn't matter. The lights can be on, the TV on, music on. It doesn't matter. I will sleep, and I will always take out at least the one other thing that takes my time during the day that I will make time for, no matter what is happening, is my dog. And so when she needs me or she cuddles up to me, uh, that's it. Um, that takes precedent. Otherwise, I am a very um, results-driven person. I'm a total type A personality. I admit that. Um, I, um, you know, my idea of a vacation is going somewhere uh, that I have people, friends, really friends that I love that are, and my friends are interesting, uh, around me where we can have discussions that are mind-expanding and a good book. I am a prolific reader. Uh, there is nothing What's I What's on your nightstand right now? Right now is um, uh, the, the book that I'm reading is, uh, um, actually was reading three at a time. It's uh, Isabella, the Warrior Queen. I'm just about finished with that. Um, and I am then going to read um, MacArthur. Uh, the, the new biography that's correct. out of MacArthur. Yep. I, I will read that next. Um, I, I don't read fiction anymore. I did that years ago, and now I'm a, I'm just a nonfiction reader. But uh, uh, I will say that uh, I just finished um, Catherine the Great. Mm -hmm. It was a brilliant book. Brilliant. I mean, you read about these great leaders, Anthony. It does make you step back and ask yourself today, you know, where are these leaders? I mean. A, a leader like Catherine the Great can change the world. Um, and, uh, or MacArthur, what he did in Japan. So uh, reading, reading and, and my friends are 
are uh, what I want to spend so my time. I want to, want to turn to politics then for for a second because sure. you know we're talking about women and and and, and pro women and the openness in at least the United States to accepting women CEOs and politicians mm-hmm. and so forth. Uh, what's your feelings on uh, Hillary Clinton? Uh, I will say this. Let me preface this by saying that I have known the Clintons a long time. Uh, they have been very good to me. Uh, however, uh, I think I've already very clear on this podcast that um, truth-telling, honesty, is something I value very highly. And that's all I'll say uh, about Hillary Clinton. Okay. Yeah, but could she be president? Could she handle the presidency? Certainly. I mean, if she's been in politics a long time, and she, she, she could. The question uh, I would rather that you ask me is, would she be a good president? Mm-hmm. And so what's the answer to that? Um, I go back to my values. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the, those, those, those core values, without those, mm-hmm. I, I don't see I, I, how anyone can... Okay, so see, 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 we're having an interesting conversation now because one of the things that I love, I mean, there's so many things I love about you, but one of the things is loyalty. And so they've been good to you. Yes. Uh, I don't know them personally. Uh, but I know uh, many of my friends have said that they've been very good to them as well. And so sometimes people get mischaracterized in the media. But the reason I am not for them has nothing to do with them personally. It just has to do with the policies, the direction of the country, uh, what will happen to the Supreme Court. Right. Well, I'm even how- more fundamental than that, yeah. Anthony. I, obviously, I agree. I'm, look, I'm a Republican. Um, and so I uh, clearly the Democratic um, policies – are anathema to me, but I I'm more fundamental than that. I go to someone's core character, and uh, and that to me is first. And and mm-hmm. character counts, and yep. it's first and foremost. Somebody you've known for a very long period of time, and you've known personally, is Donald Trump. Yes. So, what's your reaction there? Uh, I've known Donald 25 years. Let me just say this: I have never. Ever seen Donald when he wasn't in his suit and tie? I've never heard him use a four-letter word. I've never, he doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. I know his children from the time they were born. Uh, they have grown to be wonderful. I've never known a bit of scandal involved with any of them, including Donald. Uh, Donald is uh, gracious. Uh, Donald is smart. Um, Donald said in some things through this campaign that have bothered me? Absolutely. But it is also Donald's personality to be bigger than life. Does that, you know, does that, does that excuse him for some of the things? No, it doesn't. Um, but we are, none of us are perfect, and we make mistakes. But I think Donald's character, by and large, is very solid, I think uh, uh, Donald is an honest person. I may not agree with all of his positions, but mm-hmm. I do believe that he's honest yeah. and yeah. that he um, loves this country and that he is doing this for all the right reasons. And I know Donald is someone, I know a lot of people don't believe this, but I know for a fact that he does listen and he does take advice. And, um, what, what advice have you given 
to him that you feel he's listened to? I uh, I did suggest to Donald that he do some uh, speeches that were uh, position taking specific positions on issues, policy speech, speeches. Um, I did give him, which he has done. Uh, I did give him some advice about reaching out to women. I'm not sure that uh, I haven't seen that yet, so I'm still hoping that he'll. I, I typed it up, so I, it, it it is on his desk, and uh, because I know that Donald is not the Donald being portrayed uh, with respect to women. Donald has only been a gentleman. Yeah. I've never seen him ever treat a woman yeah, well, with anything I, but respect. And I also know, I'll say one more thing. I know that a number of women in his organization that I know personally have come up through the ranks. And he has always promoted women. Yeah. And, you know, Ivanka would say that as well. But, but I listen, I've been spending a lot of time at Trump Tower I ride the elevators at Trump Tower. I walk the floors of Trump Tower. And you know I like talking to people. And so I've been blown away by the organization and, and by the depth of the organization, but also by the way he's empowered the people. So The loyalty. You know, people, people will say that you and I, because we're Republicans, we're, this will be a Trump infomercial. I'm not meaning no. it to be that, but I want to ask you this question. Uh, could he do a good job as president? I believe the following Anthony, I believe it to my core, and, and I am a student of history. Donald has what it takes to be a great president. We have seen throughout history people that at first glance you would not expect to do great things. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, certainly they said the same things about, but rose to the occasion. I think Donald has in him to rise to the occasion. I want to I want to finish this off on a question I've always had for you, and I've never asked you this question, uh -oh. so I'm gonna I'm gonna fire away. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. So so this is really about uh, relationships. Uh, this is about relationships that are friendships. This is about romantic relationships. This is about familiar relationships. Uh, and so I, I you know, I've been blown away by that aspect of you. Uh, in terms of the people you've been able to attract to you. Uh, I've been to your dinner parties, which are world famous, uh, where you have them at a round table in your apartment. And I am always blown away at the eclecticism of the different people that show up. Uh, you're, you're, you're close to people, but you're close to them in a very interesting way, Georgette, where they love you. Okay, I would add myself to that, for that matter. And I would add Thank my you. wife, Deirdre, to that. And so what, you both too, what so is the what is the revelation that you can share with our listeners? What is the DNA of being able to create that? Well, first of all, I guess it's because I love people. Um, I respect the people that I have around me and loyalty. Uh, I am not a fair weather friend, even when you're wrong, even when I disagree with you. I'll tell you that but I will stand with you. And I am that crazy kind of friend that you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I will be there. I don't know. It's Maybe it's being the oldest of four in a one-parent family that you, you, you create those kind of bonds, but uh, I love my friends. My friends are family. Uh, they're family to me, literally. And um, you know what? When it comes down to it in life, and I'm old enough to know this, 
And that is, it comes down to the people in your life. Nothing else. Not what you have, not what you've accomplished. It's the people. And you're as good as the people that surround you, the people that you trust, the people that trust you. That is who you are. Yeah, one of my coaches said that you're you're as good as the average of the five people that you are hanging out with. I so believe make sure that. you're hanging out with really good people. I believe that. Well, you've been incredibly gracious with your time. I want to thank the beautiful <laughs> uh, and kind and generous Georgette Mossbacker for being here. Uh, if this podcast was an entire day, we couldn't have gotten to everything that I wanted to accomplish. Uh, but I will say to you that we're going to have you back. Thank you, uh, we'll come up with more interesting questions. But if you want to learn more about Georgette, you can go to georgettemossbacker.com. So that's obviously www.georgettemossbacker.com. Right. Don't forget to watch us on Wall Street Week on the Fox Business Network on Fridays at 8 p.m. Uh, Georgette is a frequent contributor to Fox. Hopefully we'll get you on the show shortly. I'll have to get uh, Susan, our producer, to schedule you. Uh, but you can see Georgette on the Fox Business Network. You can see her on the Fox News Network. Anthony, if you'll allow me, uh, I don't do this very often, uh, but I did it today because I wanted to do it with you. And um, I say this from my heart. You are one of the most generous, most extraordinary men I have ever met in my life. Not because of your intellect, Anthony, which is... And I don't say this lightly. You're a giant in intellect. That's not the reason. It's how you treat your mother. Oh, thank you. It's how you treat your children. And it's how you treat your friends. You are exceptional at so many levels that that's why I'm sitting here today. And that's why I'm talking to you. Well, you know, that means a lot to me. So uh, the table's a little bit too long for me to kiss you, but I'm hugging you and kissing you. And I, and I appreciate that, Georgette. And it means a lot to me coming from you because I know the kind of person that you are. So I say thank you. Uh, but be, be sure to subscribe to these podcasts if you can. Uh, the podcast is called TMI. Uh, you can pick it up on iTunes. Uh, please rate and review this podcast so we can continue to bring you the content that matters most to you. And also, if you don't mind, please share this podcast with your friends and co-workers who you think may enjoy listening uh, to some of the most interesting and entertaining people that I can find, you being among them, Georgette. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, remember to email us at podcast at skybridgeinsights.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Scaramucci. And above all, have a prosperous and healthy week.